the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it matters most, preach Christ. That's next on today's Times of Refreshing. Join us. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Today, we're in 1 Peter, chapter 2. We'll spend our time looking at verses 4 through 10 today in a message simply entitled, Preach Christ. Understanding where our hope lies. Understanding what really matters. It's all about preaching Christ. That really is everything we've been given pertaining to life and godliness. Let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, shall we? For today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Right now, the enemy wants to make the church afraid to get us scared to share our faith. We're in the Bay Area, just one of the most unchurched, you know, places on the planet. And what happens is we get out here and we get into these cities, we get in these buildings, we get in people and, and people start saying things to us. And then if you're not watchful, well, maybe, maybe I need a dial it. I'm going to dial it back. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell them, you know, I'm going to dial it back. You know, I don't, I don't want anybody to, you know, you know, this is, this is hostile territory. You know, I don't want everybody attacking me. And the angel's sitting there looking at you like, come on, man. Where's your spine at? The angels are ready to fight. Can I have an amen? The angels are ready to, to back you up, and the Holy Ghost is ready to back you up. But then we, well, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, my personality, I'm, I'm real docile by nature, you know. We got to step up. And understand that it's built into the covenant. Your relationship with Christ is going to bring offense, but we can't be scared. Can I have an amen? Let's go to Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to see this. We're going to build on this. Because watch what the apostle Paul says concerning this. Chapter 1. People are bored and they are scared. We're going to break that off of us this morning. And to make sure that we preach Christ and are not ashamed of the gospel. Look what it says here, book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He says, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without what? Fear. 
He says, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from good word, uh, goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. He says, what then? He says, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. Now this is powerful when you think about the apostle Paul's life. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He persecuted people that were a part of the way or who were Christians. He saw them get thrown into prison. And he was a part of this whole activity of, because his heart was filled with indignation. He was offended at Christ and those who were aligned with Christ. He went from city to city searching for people that were aligned with Christ so that he could throw them in jail. His indignation was high. He was very, very passionate about stamping out Christianity. Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, knocks him off his beast. Right then and there, he makes a decision to commit his life to Christ. He never turns back from that moment. And he begins to walk with Christ. In the same way that he was used as an instrument of offense, now people have started to become offended at him. As he starts to go from city to city preaching Christ and the glorious revelation of who Jesus Christ really was. Not only just to the, to the Jews, but now also to the Gentiles. He went and he did this. Traveling, he didn't have an airplane. He wasn't traveling in a car. This man was getting on boats and going from region to region. He was traveling. He was walking from place to place. It's amazing to see what this man was willing to do for the gospel. But yet, as he pens some of these epistles, you see that he's, he's in prison because of the offense of Christ. Christianity isn't a show, y'all. It's not a show. It's serious. There's a serious battle going on on this planet and for souls, for people's lives. And he is now in prison. He is in prison. He's writing this epistle. And as he's writing this epistle, he's writing the epistle. And look what he says. He says in verse 12, but I want you to know, the brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. His perspective of the backlash that he received because of his relationship with God was so profound. He didn't look at this as a terrible thing. He's constantly eyeing the gospel to see if the gospel is still spreading even though he's in chains. And that was his passion. His passion was, is the gospel getting out? He wasn't just consumed with himself. He was consumed with the message getting to people so that people's lives could be changed and people could, can experience salvation. And he's in this moment and he, he says, look at verse 13. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to the rest that my chains are in Christ. And I'm in here because of my relationship with Christ. And as long as, I, long as I maintain this union, then I'm fine. But this is what most people would do. 
I don't want to go to jail. So you telling me to renounce Christ? Yeah, you need to renounce Christ or we're putting you in jail. Well, God knows my heart. And he knows I don't want to experience no jail cell. And if I'm out, I can preach to more people if I'm out. And our mind will start going through all these ways to justify why we're compromising. Well, you know, I can't get the job if I let them know that I'm really saved. And I love God. So then I wouldn't be able to give more tithes and offering. <laughs> can I preach it, y'all? I wouldn't be able to give more tithes and offerings. So I need to, I need to compromise. And it's going to be a blessing to God on the end. And God is looking at us like. Peter denied the Lord. And Jesus just looked at him. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, the way our minds work, we can justify anything. But what's, what's real? Look, I, I, I'm going through a hard time. I'm not compromising my relationship with Christ, though. And I'm not going to deliver myself and then put some kind of spiritual twist to it to make it seem like it's okay. He said, my chains are in Christ. That I, I, didn't, I didn't give up my relationship with Christ. I didn't compromise. And my relationship with Christ is what got me in this prison. And I'm not bored. And I'm not scared. And this is the reason why I'm here. But my chains are in Christ. And, but, I also understand that the gospel is still going forth. And I think there's a perspective that we have to have. We've got to get out of this self-preservation mode. And we have to start thinking that our relationship is deeper than that. This man is writing this from a jail cell. He says in verse 14, look at this. He says, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now that just, that, that blows my mind. You would think that they would become fearful because of his chains but they did the exact opposite why because they because they're not bored and they're not scared they understand that there's a fence built into our covenant with christ because the world doesn't want christ the world systems i should say doesn't want christ but there are people out there that really do want a relationship with christ but are we willing to stand up and give them the fullness of who he is he says here that these individuals became confident. They, he wasn't afraid. And if he wasn't afraid because of his relationship with Christ, then I'm not going to be afraid. If he's standing up for righteousness because of his relationship with Christ, then I'm going to stand up for righteousness. So there's something about boldness. It becomes contagious. When you get around people that are bold and they're not afraid, it draws your attention because most people go into self-preservation and they're afraid. And it's like that with your, with your sharing your faith. When you see somebody share their faith and you see the response of God, it's, it stirs some faith up in you. It causes you to say, man, I, I need to be more bold. Well, these chains cause this, these individuals, look what it says here, they became more confident like, man, if this is what it takes, then this is what I'm willing to do. Think about it for yourself. Do you just protect yourself? Or are you willing to advance the gospel? Do you just think about yourself? Or do you think about, well, hey, this may, this may cost me that job. God has another job for me. But I'm not going to lie about my relationship with Jesus. 
Now watch, now watch. Now watch this, y'all. Now, hey, well, yeah, I really do like this person. Are they saved? No. Are you saved? Yeah. Well, how are you guys going to have a relationship? If you're trying to go to church and praise God and worship God and give God everything, and this person wants to get high and go partying and take you to the club, I mean, you, it's, you know, oil and water are not going to mix. You can't be unequally yoked. It's going to be a problem. But then this is what happens. Well, you know what? I, well, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, um, what? It's not like I got a bunch of options, you know, so I'm, you know, well, wait a minute here. Well, is that person, are they, are they about to get saved? What, you know, what's going on here? What happens is then a person, now watch y'all. What happens is, is this, then a person will begin to compromise their relationship with Jesus so that they can ret- obtain this relationship. And then instead of them being a positive influence on that person, that person starts to influence them. And then I look up, I say, whatever happened to brother such and such? Well, he, you know, he found this girl, you know, he, he's not coming to church anymore. What happened to sister such and such? Well, you know, she finally found her man. So she, she, you know, she, she, they not coming to church. I know I'm preaching this morning. I know I'm preaching this morning. I know I'm preaching this morning. Y'all not coming to church? So you don't come to church no more. So I saw you on the altar. You was down here praying, asking God to send you somebody and asking, believing God. Then when God sends the person or God didn't send the person, the devil sent somebody. You thought it was God. And then now y'all don't go to church no more and you don't serve God. You don't serve God. But you... But you got this relationship. Then after a while, you know what happens? Because I've been doing this. I'm not a spring chicken at this. Y'all know y'all have been doing this long. Then what happens is, is this. You can, you can almost time it. Then what happens is the person comes back and says, Pastor, it didn't work out. Or, and it's not working out. And so I'm back. And I say, well, praise the Lord you're back. I'm glad to have you back. But you know what? Now we got to clean up this mess. Because you should have said to this person, whether you male or female, do you love Jesus Christ more than you could ever love me in your life? If they can't say yes, then we not, then it's probably not, it's probably not the road. Can I have an amen, y'all? Then we got to look at, we got to look at this. We got to look at this. We got to look at this because I, because you need somebody that loves Jesus more than he loves or she loves you. Can I have an amen? But what happens is individuals individuals, they're not bold, and they allow fear to overcome them. But these individuals were not. They, they were willing to say, oh, there's a confidence here, and there is a boldness here that I have, even though I know it could potentially cost me. Look what he says. He says, some indeed preach Christ, even, verse 15, some indeed even preach Christ from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense, he says, of the gospel. He's basically saying that individuals will join you, but not everybody has the right motivation. That individuals will join you. Oh yeah, I'm about Jesus. You're always raising the church, everything like that. And what happens is, but, but, but 
a person, I like what he's saying here. This is so good. He said, because, but their, their, their motivation is envy. He says, in strife. He says, suppose they add affliction. He says, to my chains. He had a good revelation. The Apostle Paul understood that everybody that walked through the church door, everybody that prays or talked about Jesus, didn't have the right motivation for following him or preaching the gospel. He's talking about preachers too. Not every preacher that stands up here is sincere and for God. People, some, I don't know why. People think this is like a quick way to make money or something. I mean, people, people don't get it. This, is, this, this stuff is not a joke. If you start trying to do this, you start trying to do this and you don't have the anointing of God on your life and God didn't call you to do it, you're going to die. This stuff don't, this is no joke. The devil, the devil is real. And if God's grace isn't on you, then, then it's going to be a problem. That's why all these pastors, they quit. They just quit. They throw in a towel and quit. And after a while, I mean, if you don't have God's grace dealing with people's problems, it wears on you. Dealing with life is not easy. And then you're dealing with your own family. People, I, people, I, the people say, I really want to become a preacher. You better pray. <laughs> and I love preaching. I love what I do. I love what I do. But I, <laughs> listen, you think playing against the, the Denver Broncos was tough. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> playing against the Broncos, Pittsburgh Steelers, that was easy. Doing this is work. People do it envy. He says self-ambition. Motivation is wrong. It's not pure. And then he said some out of goodwill. But you have to be able to understand that when it comes to the gospel, you want, you want somebody that's preaching in your life and in your own heart, you want to have a fearlessness and a sincerity and purity of heart when you share with people. So because that's what gets people when it grabs them, when they get around somebody that is totally sincere about God and you see the effect of their sincerity and passion for Jesus. That's what draws. The Apostle Paul was able to discern the difference. This person is preaching Christ out of envy and his self-ambition. That's the only reason why they're there. This person out of goodwill. And he was able to discern it. Well, we got to be able to discern it. Because just because someone is talking about Christ doesn't mean that they're living for Christ. Just as because somebody is talented doesn't mean that they're using their talent to glorify God. And we have to be willing to see that as we go forth and we preach Christ without fear and boredom. We have to be able to see that. And for us, as saints of God also, it's important that we realize, like the Apostle Paul says here, he says, but the latter, verse 17, out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. He says, some out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. Saints, let me say this. This man... He understood from the very beginning that his relationship with Christ, Christ could put him in chains. It could put him in chains. Do you know that right now, in, right now that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are being thrown in jail because of their relationship with Jesus? Now, I'm saying this because the reality is our country, if you watch it, is becoming more and more hostile towards the gospel, whether it's in the school systems, 
whether it's you just see it there's a there's something that's mounting and i'm not no, in, a, in a you know conspiracy theorist i read my bible god said this is what happens you know the devil the devil he's stuff starts happening and people start hating they don't like the church and that's fine but we still love them and we still love a dying world that needs jesus so we don't shut our mouths because of that. We don't become fearful because of that. We continue to stay bold and share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I will say this in closing. It may mean that one day somebody may throw you in jail because of your relationship with Jesus. Do you have such a relationship with Jesus right now that if that was the case, you would still stand for Jesus? Can I have an amen? Yeah. Do you have an intimacy with Jesus Christ, that if that was the case, you'd say, hey, just take me to jail then because I'm not denying my relationship with Jesus. Do you have such a passion for Jesus that if, they, if, that, that, if that person leaves your life because you want to walk with Jesus and be obedient with Jesus, if that person, are you willing to say, well, hey, listen, I'm not going to become a Muslim. I'm not be, I don't know all those other religions. I know Jesus and what he did for me, so you can leave my life, but I'm not leaving Jesus. Can I have an amen? Are you bold enough and have enough passion to stand with Christ that if that person left you because you want to go to church and praise God and love God and they don't want to do anything, that I'm still going to, I'm going to stay with Jesus. Do you have that kind of intimacy and passion for God? Or has boredom, boredom or fear come upon you that you'd rather offend God than offend the person? This is important for us. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to say, hey, listen, kids, we can't just keep missing church. We got to go to church. We got to praise God. We need to get in here and worship God. And if they keep on saying, no, we don't want to go, then we compromise and say, well, you know, okay, we'll all stay home. No. Okay, listen, you got, you, 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 18, 19, 21, whatever you want to do, you stay home, but I'm not. And if that's what you're going to do, then, hey, that's between you and God, but I'm not going to let you, but this is what happens, y'all. People start letting what's coming at them spill over into their life, and you look up and you say, where's the passion? Saints, this morning, I'm challenging all of us. Challenging myself this morning. That this church, we're going to be a church that preaches Christ. That talks about Jesus. That makes sure that as we grow and people come, that the thing that they get is Jesus. Because whatever you win them with, you got to keep them with him. And I know Jesus isn't leaving my side. I'm going to keep preaching him. So the people that want Christ, they know where to find him. Can I have an amen? And so for us this morning, I want to challenge you. As I'm challenging myself and challenging this church, we cannot compromise when it comes to our stand with Christ. It may cost you. It may cost me. But am I willing to pay that price knowing that it may cause for the furtherance of the gospel and my, my relationship with Christ will be intact? It may mean that for some of you, you need to cut off some relationships. You need to let people know. And let me say this to some of you ladies in here. 
Listen, you need to start letting these brothers know that you can't even get up to the plate if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't care how fine you are. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care about your suit or your car. I'm not going to be getting involved in no foolishness that's going to have my, can I have an amen? And I'm not going to hurry up and run you down to the altar real fast to see if you can get saved real fast. I want to see you walking with Jesus for a little while. Can I have an amen? And you men out here, stop looking at her face. You better look at her heart. Because if she don't got Jesus down in here, beauty is skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. You better ask somebody. Can I have an amen, y'all? And you can't compromise your relationship with Christ. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.